from Integral Life, welcome to Everyone is Right. Integral can often feel like such a cognitive and intellectual pursuit. Although the map itself invites us to practice integral consciousness in our hearts and bodies as much as in our minds, we often tend to lead with our heads, and it can take a great deal of practice and rewiring of our lifestyles before we really feel like we're beginning to embody our own fullest integral power. It's not hard to feel ourselves stuck in the endless abstractions of our own mental models, which can limit our fullest possible expression of integral consciousness. Adding to the challenge, integral is coming of age during the era of social media, where the dominant mode of discourse is often so disembodied and sometimes even dehumanizing. This is why Ryan and Corey are doing this show, to help create more embodied practice, more embodied relating, and more embodied methods of showing up as fully as you can in order to make a positive dent in this world. Every month, Ryan will lead us in guided practice to help strengthen the link between mind and body, between knowledge and wisdom, between being and doing, all so you can show up as the supercharged integral powerhouse you know you are. So please enjoy this conversation between Ryan Olke and Corey DeVos. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Integral Live. My name is Corey DeVos and I am here today with my really, really good friend, Ryan Olke. Ryan, what's up, dude? Hey man, good to see you. Excited uh, for this. Yeah, it's awesome to see you because today we are doing something a little bit special, a little bit new. This is the inaugural episode of a new series that we've been cooking up together. Uh, which I'm really excited to to get into. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So what are we what are we calling this series? So the the title that you and I kind of landed on was a very simple one called Inhabit, and uh, that was already a word that's been permeating pretty much everything I've been doing lately um, with my work. But I, I liked it. You know, we we also pay attention to things like branding. How does something sound? Because um, that you know, it matters. Uh, but uh, I really like just calling it that single word and habit. And, and part of what the show is going to be doing is exploring what that actually means. So we'll talk about today, you know, what we mean by it right now. But uh, I think we're going to invite people in through the, sh- uh, the monthly show to say, what does this actually mean to inhabit our lives, to inhabit the world we live in, to inhabit our relationships, to inhabit everything? What does this mean? And that's part of, I think, what I want to invite people to do is to be very, very curious. So Integral is so much um, about providing perspectives and orienting uh, framework and maps, which means it's sort of like, here's how it is. That's how that functions. And that's why it's useful, you know, that we have four quadrants. We sort of say, okay, that makes sense to me. But in terms of living our lives, we have to be curious. If we just stop at the, like something like the quadrants, then what? You know, that's the question. Now what? Okay. You, you understand that, there are, that these four quadrants are a thing and it seems pretty useful and relevant, but what are we going to do with it now? So inhabit is pointing to, uh, for me, a curiosity to start that moves us beyond a conceptual framework. We're not disembodying from our conceptual mind, just not stopping there. And then what does it mean to live, to be present in this way? And then what does it mean to respond to the world? So that's a big thing that I'll mention a lot is this inhabiting and responding. So how do I respond to life? Mm. What choices do I make? Why am I making them? So sort of shifting from, from our mental maps to the lived, to inhabiting the lived territory of our, of our daily lives. Yes. And how do, we, how do we express this stuff? How does this stuff help us to, to show up more fully in the world? How does this help yes. us um, embody ourselves you know, in our bodies, in our hearts, an embodied heart, an embodied mind, an embodied spirit? all of this embodiment in all four quadrants, which means, you know, can mean anyway, some very different things depending on, on sort of which, um, you know, facet you're, you're, you're focusing on. Um, So I'm, I'm really excited for this series, Ryan. And um, you know, for, for a number of reasons, we were, we were talking pre-show about just, you know, some of the challenges that we think um, the integral community is, you know, generally struggling with. And You know, I think one of the challenges that I often identify is the fact that that integral tends to be such an intellectual pursuit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
Yes. I mean, the way the way we first sort of imbibe integral is is you know through our heads. We we read a Ken Wilber book or we watch mm. him talking online in a presentation or we do any number of these these ways of enacting integral material that are really sort of you know neck up. Yes. And 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 the model itself. I mean, when you learn the model, you can often describes it as a psychoactive uh, model. His his integral theory is a psychoactive model, which means mm -hmm. that built into the map is this invitation to mm -hmm. to embody, to fully inhabit yourself yes. in all dimensions of yourself and yes. all dimensions of your being. And yet, that doesn't necessarily come very easily to people, especially Ryan. Just as a final thought, especially yeah. since. Integral is really sort of coming of age during the era of social media, which is yes. itself a tremendously disembodied and even, you know, oftentimes dehumanizing uh, platform. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that all of this is, is presenting a very sort of unique challenge to integral and integral practitioners and integral thinkers. How do we begin to make this transition from, again, these maps, these, these mental maps that we've been developing and working yes. with for, you know, some of us for decades and more into the actual territory of our day-to-day -day lives and, and truly thriving, aligning ourselves with our purpose, aligning ourselves with what's good and true and beautiful and all yes. of that. So oh, I, yeah. you know, this, I'm, I'm tremendously excited for this series for all those reasons. Likewise. And, you know, a few follow-up thoughts is that, and I made this comment before, I think probably on the other chat that you and I did, but um, there is no problem with utilizing and inhabiting our mind with these models. So that's, it's not automatic. Cause I think if we don't say that, because that's actually true that the mind is part of who we are because that's true anybody who hears stop being in your head there's going to be an automatic that sounds kind of like bullshit mm. and therefore i'm not going to look and be more curious and if i am sort of being only in my head then i won't there won't be any change so we, there has to be validation to say that it's actually it's it's not only normal but it's great to inhabit our mind and so to use these models, they're very, very useful. So we're just inviting people to go beyond only inhabiting the mind. And then there's the things we can even talk about in terms of what does it mean to acquire knowledge and to inhabit that knowledge too, even from the perspective of mind. So, yeah. Um, I think that was my main thought when you yeah, I, said I, that. I think so that's great. There's, so there's so what are we going to do today? Well, maybe should I mention a little bit about myself really quick in case there's people. Oh, please who just, do. I, yeah. I imagine a lot of people may not know who the hell, who the hell is this guy. Yeah. So that way there's, there's context. Um, so I'm a co-founder of Buddhist Geeks, which some people might uh, be aware of that show. Um, uh, I took a break for quite a while in terms of being a formal part of it, but I'm now back as a formal part. I hopped back on the mic for an interview with Judith Blackstone in the spring and looking forward to doing a few more interviews uh, coming up in the next month or two. Is that, and, the, is that the same interview we just ran on Integral Life? Yes, yes. So that's on Integral Life too, as well. Yeah, and that uh, was focused on uh, trauma and non-dual meditation and non-dual awakening. So how those two interact and how we can heal um, through inhabiting our body and uh, through um, somatic awareness. Mm -hmm. So that's a really relevant episode for this. Uh, it was a fantastic, ep a fantastic episode, guys. I encourage you. It's on integrallife.com or you can find it on our uh, Everyone is Right podcast. Uh, yeah, and there's some very, even though the it's about her latest book, Trauma in the Unbound Body, it's, uh has a lot of very foundational embodiment practices in, in situated meditation. So I invite people to check that out, especially if you're really interested in this show, it'll be great. So um, I'm also a founder of Awakening in Life, which is um, what I do for teaching and meditation. So, and of course I use the word awakening. I think a lot of people listening to the show are going to be already familiar with what that term points to, but um, you know, it's integrating. It's a very integral approach of um, classic awakening, but also in the modern world and in our daily life and how, and Basically, a lot of what we're going to talk about on the show is a central question and um, orientation for awakening life. So that's a big uh, thing that I'm doing. And also that's part of the Buddhist Geeks hub. And we're going to be launching a new site for that soon. That's going to make this much clearer. But Buddhist Geeks is sort of encompassing a lot more with um, various trainings. So awakening life training, pragmatic Dharma training, 
um, and uh, some retreats and things like that. So it's not just a podcast, but anyways, I'm a big part of that now. And um, people who saw the Embodied Success program here on Integral Life uh, will know that I'm a founder of Power Productions and Mindfulness, a mindful-based creative agency. So that's a very in the world, you know, everybody has to do work, everybody's having to make their living. And so I've done over 10 years in that realm, which has really informed me in a way that I think is unique than had I just been doing nothing but say meditation and um, strictly meditation teaching, you know, even though that now that's my uh, primary focus. So people can check that out. And that in the body success course is an integration of uh, embodiment practices, awakening practices, and um, bringing uh, vision through work in the world. So um, what else? You, you forgot to mention that you're also a grizzled veteran of uh, destiny. <laughs> yes, that's true. We, you know, I, I, I'll never not like video games. Uh, seriously, so, no. yeah. So I am a, a veteran of that. And my background, if anybody is interested in terms of uh, spiritual practices in Tibetan Buddhism, so Jin, and of course with Judith Blackstone's training, but I'm also influenced by a lot of things like pragmatic Dharma through Vince and Kenneth Folk and Daniel Ingram, people like that have been a big influence on me. So anyways, I wanted to give people a little bit of orientation. So it's like, why am I talking about this? And as far as the integral goes, it's been upwards close to 20 years, I guess, that yeah. I've been really geeking out and nerding out on uh, integral theory. And it's been hugely influential in my life. I mean, key points where like my life forked, you know, because of this work. And mm. now is one of those times too, because as you said, I think this is all coming of age of sorts, um, even to another degree of, of incredible relevance, um, not just conceptual, it's really, really relevant. So yeah, I'm happy we, to be we, we often talk about how, um, you know, Ken in a lot of ways was, was probably a two or three decades ahead of his time Yeah, and how, you know, when he was writing this material, he was writing this material at a time when the real life conditions that would demand integral solutions yeah. really would start, you know, emerging. And now yes. we are right in the midst of that, right? I mean, we're watching yes. this entire collapse of the, you know, the developmental spiral right now and these yeah. widening gaps between yeah. people and this massive polarization and you know all of these things are happening and it's demanding integral embodiment i mean it's demanding yes. for us to, to truly show up and exert our influence and you know put our hands on the wheel and try to you know shift the conversation into more you know generative mm -hmm. sort of direction um so absolutely right on schedule right on schedule. and i think and i think uh so sometimes we i think we're thrust into having to make change in our life because we have no option, right? And this is often the case, like particularly around painful experiences, right? There's just a painful experience that keeps coming up or that's so intense that we have no choice but to try to make different decisions in our life mm -hmm. and try to be different in the world. And I think that's very true, uh, especially on the collective level right now. So mm -hmm. I think that's sort of, you know, before if it's just like, oh, wow, this is a really interesting uh, map and conceptual model, whether it's Kin's work or somebody else's, that can remain at the level of, this is interesting. I'm very fascinated with it. But then if we start having an experience where let's just say it simply, we're freaking out, then there's a necessity, right? There's a necessity to say, okay, what's, what's the connection between um, what I see as being valuable in this model and how I'm living it, right? How does that line up or not line up? And now it matters to answer that question. So I think that's a big deal. Um, is being attuned to what really matters, not just what would be ideal. And that can be a real obstacle for folks is, is idealism, especially if, you know, I consider myself a very idealistic person. You know, I like to, I came to Kin's work in that way, right? And all the other things I've done, it's just like, wow, this is fascinating. I'm very curious about what this means. Mm. Um, but we have to feel the relevance. And that's probably why I use the term embodiment is like, how does this, how do we feel and know in our bones that this is really relevant? And then what do I do with it? And as you mentioned earlier, use the word how. That's a good question. How? And also for me, um, I have two sort of ways of describing paths, you know, whether it's a path in, say, classical awakening, or maybe we're talking about a path of integral embodiment. One is prescriptive, where things are 
detailed out. Here's how it is and here's the steps and here's what you do and proceed. And the other is a responsive where we're trying to respond moment to moment. Now I like to use both. I like to use prescriptive models as a response as they come up. So I think one shift here for me in terms of anybody who's really passionate about um, integral theory is that we can relate to it both idealistically and prescriptively. Like, oh, here are the things I need to do. Boom, 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 boom. Now I just need to start checking off the list. But I'm try- I would love to invite people who's- who are listening to this to start getting very curious and responsive about that. Just suspend all of the maps for a moment because if you've been passionate about it, it's going to be in here. You know? So like even in a practice, formal practice to stop right now and try to feel into what's needed in the moment. What, what do I need? What do we need? You know? What does it need? These questions. And try to let a response arise that will pull us in the direction to actually living that. And of course, if there's a prescription that arises that seems really relevant, that's fine. But I think that could be a, a challenge sometimes. Yeah. That's all beautifully said. And I, I, I enjoyed when you used uh, the phrase, things that matter. It reminded yes. me of uh, Ginny Whitelaw, actually. We've got another course um, on integral life called Lead with Purpose with mm. Whitelaw, who's uh, you know really accomplished Zen teacher and Aikido master and all that. And uh, she uses the phrase, you know, what, what embodiment really is, is converting energy into things that matter. Mm. Um, and, I've, and I've always really liked that. Um, yeah. I think one of the points that, that you know, we're going to be exploring is that embodiment doesn't mean just one thing. And it certainly is not limited yeah. to just the physical body. Yes. Um, you know, Ken did an amazing talk a couple months ago where he talked right. about uh, his definition of integral embodiment. And it was just this full spectrum tour through, you know, just yeah. every possible uh, level and sheath of your being. Um, it was it was exquisite. And, you know, really driving home the point that embodiment means, you know, really showing up in your fullest capacity, again, in all of these dimensions and yeah. all of these levels and all these different ways. And yeah. there's so many ways to go about it. You and I were talking about um the different embodiment strategies that you know sort of come naturally to us you are right you know uh, a, a more sort of athletically gifted and 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 you know coordinated guy which i very much am <laughs> not um i'm you know a complete klutz my kinesthetic line tends to be kind of you know down here um but that's okay because i found my embodiment yes. practice which is through things like woodworking and you know melting, yeah which i'm so down. impressed with uh, it's oh. so amazing you, if you're listening you should check out if, uh, if you Corey, if you have some photos of this online check out check it out i'm impressed with your work and you know it's funny that's uh, talk about how bad i am at that so back here above this plant there's a a, a tonka that's framed uh, a print of a tonka uh that's framed and uh I needed to put a metal hook on it, uh, like a little sawtooth hook so it could hang. And first of all, just doing that is like a, here we go, here we go, I, I can do it, you know? It's like how other people might go to look at a pull-up bar, you know, like I look at that thing. And uh, I, I ended up uh, nailing it on the back and then I turned it over and it was upside down. <laughs> But luckily, I could just open the, you know, the, the, the poster and just turn it upside down. But that's the kind of shit I do. So, you know, yes. Measure twice, cut once. That's like the golden oh, rule, brother. Gosh, I'm... And, well, and meanwhile, you're posting these videos onto Facebook of you doing like, you know, lifting your body weight with your pinky and, and shit like that. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, but, I, I've, I've got, you know, I've got no chance of sculpting my abs. So I'm going to go in the shop and sculpt some wood. It's amazing. Yeah. So I think this is a, you know, humorous points here about like paying attention to our dispositions and really also accepting that things, I mean, depending on what word we want to use, that things aren't perfect, mm. but it's not even really like a dichotomy of perfect and imperfect. It's just like, again, with the idealism and especially a grand unifying kind of map, we can lean that way and be like, Oh my God, mm. I got to be attuned to all quadrants and lines and levels and the Holy shit, you know, but it's, we don't, it's like, and, and how do we know what's most important? This practice of inhabiting. And I'm almost, I'm leaning more and more to using that word over embodiment because I think embodiment is tied a lot to the somatic, mm-hmm. but I, I, I automatically include that. Like you can't not have that as part of this, this inhabiting. And it's a really great reference point. Um, but yeah, uh, we have to be able to drop in and to see what's most needed and to be able to accept and say, yeah, 
I'm probably never going to be awesome at, you know, hanging shit on walls. It's like, could I? Yeah, but you know how much energy it's going to take me to really get great at that? Mm-hmm. A lot, you know, and really that's an individualistic sort of perspective about me. But what about the we? It's like, well, guess what? Corey, you're great at that. So guess what? You and I can be a we and we can, you know, uh, compliment one another. So there are options here. You just want me to build shit for you. (laughs) Yes. Actually, I want that. What you just showed me today. I'm like, can I have that? (laughs) I want you as my personal trainer. So we're, we're, uh, we can come up with a nice exchange. We just, we just need need to be in the same city at the same time. We're good. Yeah, that, that would help, huh? Yes. I think that was, that, was a, that was a great, I think, introduction to sort of what we're going to be up to. Um, yeah. This is going to be a monthly show. Yeah. So we'll be checking in. And, you know, one of the things we talked about, Ryan, is how this is going to be largely, in a lot of ways, a, uh, a practice-centric show. Yeah. Right? We're going, to be, we're going to be, you know, offering people a set of um, experiences, contemplative experiences and meditative experiences and um, embodiment experiences and things like that and then sort of unpacking this and you know trying to uh, find all the different ways that this can really land uh, in our lives personally Um, so I think that's 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 going to be really cool and um, I'm I'm also excited to have like a really practice driven uh, series here here on live so that'll be cool yeah and even with even when we are talking about things it'll be much in the flavor like we've done today where as much as possible, we're trying to have that tie to our, our experience. You know, we're, we're not trying to get too far out from the experience, but obviously, you know, and we're assuming a lot, like anybody listening to this, we're assuming they probably have some decent background and understanding some of the integral things, integral theory. So we can easily just skip that part, you know, and just reference it as needed. Um, so one thing, you know, with practice, I want to mention that practice often precedes simply, uh, patiently, you know, little by little in this loving sort of way. Now, I'm not saying this always feels simple and always feels loving, but you know, with a, if you pick up, say one of Ken's book, you can devour it, right? You can, oh, I'm going to take in all this information with experience. It's usually, we got to slow down a lot more, especially in this day and age, social media, everything's fast, right? So here we, we usually are focusing on one simple thing, one simple practice until that becomes familiar enough to be, to where it becomes a strong enough practice, a strong enough capacity, or until an insight emerges that's embodied and lived. So on the practice front, throughout anything we're doing here in the show, keep that in mind. Mm. Um, because the other side of things, when we're talking about um, practice, again, we can, we can intake quite a lot, but on the other hand, we, we usually can't intake a ton experientially. Although sometimes it feels like that, you know, maybe we have a sudden experience that's really powerful. Oftentimes that's on the heels of something building anyways. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, that's, that's a nice frame. And, and I think just to add another um, sort of layer on there, um, you know, I think that, that in order to truly inhabit, right, in order to truly show up in the, in the ways that we're going to be encouraging and inviting people to show up through this show, um, in order to inhabit consciously, that means we often have to dehabitualize yes. all of the unconscious patterns and coping strategies and, you know, yes. all of that, which requires us to, as you say, to, to really slow down and to really check in. Um, as fully as as we can, as intimately as we can with our own moment-to-moment experience so that we can make those unconscious patterns and habits into objects of awareness and therefore get a little bit more freedom from that, get a little bit more freedom of choice in terms of how we want to show up in the world. And yes. uh, that in turn allows us, you know, it sort of, it sort of greases the slope <laughs> a little bit and makes yeah. genuine inhabiting that much, you know, more easy because we're getting out of our own way in a certain kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe then I'll take a moment here to just expand on that. Um, the different ways we might mean, mean by the word inhabit. So one is with, uh, qualities of our lived experience that are that seem changeless or seem given we can we're not going to get into debating refined points here so this is the thing too is like there's the philosophical 
maps, which are really important and then, and fine points should be debated. Mm -hmm. But in terms of our practice, we got to get to experience. And so a lot of things I will say is, you know, on the foundation of refined points, but I'm not caring as much as long as whoever I'm speaking with can see something about themselves, you know? So here, for example, the nature of mind, like this is something that seems given to us. It's, we always have the nature of mind present thoughts and patterns of thinking change, but awareness itself is very persistent and just given. So we can inhabit that quality. What's it like to inhabit and directly attune as awareness, as pure awareness. So that's one, one way of inhabiting. And that can be really powerful. So if that's something that's unconscious to us, that we're like, for example, we're just always caught up in thoughts and we never have the experience of witnessing thoughts or step further, attuning to awareness itself, then we might pursue that as part of our inhabiting practice. On the other hand, things are always changing. Mm. So with this change, what does it mean to inhabit? And first for me, it means that this inhabiting process is never done. So if it's, if we only inhabit, if we're only talking about inhabiting in terms of these sort of changeless qualities, then there can be a done point, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I've, I've experienced non-duality, a state of non-duality or a state of pure awareness done. And what usually what happens with that is spiritual bypassing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But in terms of change, one is what you mentioned that a dehabiting patterns that are no longer helpful um, or are, you could say, outmoded, outdated, but then also um, certain things that have gotten stuck from painful experiences in the past, including trauma, right? So these things can be part of our experience and it's pain that's perpetuated. It's uh, con- It continues on. It limits our ability to experience ourselves and others in the world. And so there's healing involved. So that's another way of inhabiting is like, and that can be... A, especially a very patient, compassionate process to do that. That's not just something you can bulldoze. So like in terms of achievement, achievement oriented can feel really good in terms of um, boosting our perspective taking, you know, in integral theory, it can feel really good to go after the spiritual path. I'm going to achieve, you know, an experience. But this one is is the opposite. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to bulldoze healing you know, that needs to take time, but that's another way of inhabiting. Right. So parts of us that have become unconscious or constricted, um, forgotten, um, there's lots of different ways that can be experienced in terms of flavor, but hopefully that makes the point. Yeah. Then there's something that Kin's work really points to and folks like Robert Keegan, we are unfolding. So even if everything is like awesome, right? We've somehow theoretically healed everything that needs to be healed. We've experienced all these uh, qualities that's changeless and persistent and uh, still our, who we are develops and evolves. And once that happens, as Ken points out, there are whole new worlds. Mm. There are new things that we're aware of that requires to engage and there are potentially new shadows. So we continually inhabit that and attune to that. So these are kind of like categories here, if we will, of what does it mean to inhabit? There might be other ones, but those for me are some of the key ones to orient to of like, yeah. what, am, what am I doing right now in my life? What am I inhabiting? And of course, all that can be put in the context of relationships, uh, our collective experience, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not limited to just an individual experience. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the other layer I was going to add on to here is that there's yeah. um, you know, the, the other aspects of what we're going to be exploring here. It, it's just such a fascinating conversation, Ryan, because we're, yeah. we're taking this very simple word, this you know, yeah. syllable word, inhabit, and we're enacting it in so many different ways. We're showing how you know, this can really um, show up in our lives in so yeah. many ways and that it can mean something completely different just depending on sort of what angle you're coming at it from yes and another aspect of this is you know we're not just inhabiting our own first person perspectives yes right so so this is another thing that really excites me about this show and about some of the other shows that we're going to be bringing online over the next few months yeah you know ken ken has this this uh sequence that he likes to use to sort of describe um the integral approach as simply as he possibly can which is uh basically wake up grow up clean up and Mm -hmm. show up 
Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about that is wake up, grow up, and clean up. This is all sort of our personal work. This is the work that we're doing in our first person, in our interiors. Clean mm-hmm. up it has a little bit of second person sort of, you know, relationshipy stuff, but it's still mostly, you know, you're you're trying to claim your shadows. You're trying to 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 um to reclaim the shadows that you're projecting onto other people. Um, when it comes to showing up, showing up is where all the fruits of that inner work, where everything you've done to wake up, to grow up, and to clean up in the upper left quadrant, showing up is where that overflows and spills mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the other quadrants, right? Mm-hmm. It allows yeah. us to actually show up how we're how we need to show up in order to be as effective as possible in order to be as compassionate as possible in order to take skillful action and um all of this is critical and what this means is that it actually you know this involves inhabiting our first person this involves inhabiting our second person and inhabiting in third person inhabiting um our role in the world uh and figuring out you know just how much influence we have and how to engage systems and how to engage our civic responsibilities and how to, you know, really just come online in a more, uh, you know, full throated sort of way. Um, And I say, see, look at full throated neck up. (laughs) I need need to shift my metaphors here. What? Um, No, it's great. Yeah. And I appreciate you bringing all that up because yeah, everything I said before, you know, I was framing sort of an eye situation, but, um, and really that's because to start again, simply that's uh, bring people back to the simple experience of like how to get started with this, but really, yeah, through this process, hopefully it would uh, reveal what's needed in the other domains as well. So that we're, we're attuning to the, we experience collective in and out, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and as I mentioned earlier, eliciting a response that feels very genuine and organic. Um, yeah. And for me, it's like, what are those things, you know, you see like in um, novelty stores that like they close down and you like pull them up and they expand out and close right. down, expand out. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like we're, we, we keep doing this kind of like pumping motion of, of sorts of, of talking about what it means to inhabit. Yep. Um, great. Well, I think that provides a, yeah, a nice starting point. Um, and the reason why, again, that I like to get simple here, especially um, with our fellow integral lovers, but really any, this world is so complex, you know, that's Robert Keegan's book that he tiled back from what it was 90 something in the nineties. I don't know when it was, but somewhere in maybe 1999 in over our heads, (laughs) which was back then it was like, now it's, it was like, that's an understatement. Uh, it feels like these days. Um, we want to slow things down. So like, for example, we talked about exploring domains like social media in one episode, like one episode, we'll just talk about social media and inhabiting or politics. Things can go so fast that uh, we're no longer anywhere near a practice of consciously inhabiting. So that's why we want to have a tether, you know, of what does this mean? And then we bring it in to these different domains. So hopefully we're infusing our experience. Um, with that in those domains that are more challenging, like social media. Most people, I think these days are either, we're either caught up in it like a, you know, spider web, or we just said, fuck it. And we're not going to be, we're just like, I'm not doing it. It's too crazy. So, but we all still are wondering like, well, what should we do with that? There's still a question. How should we engage with social media? Because it seems very important. It seems a very integral part of our world. It has some real benefits, but at the same time, it's had some real shadows and real, um, damage done on large scales. Um, so, you know, what do we do with it? Right. Right. So, well, and and the the other thing I just want to point out real briefly is, um, you know, how all this sort of fits together. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's a, there's a few other shows. Yeah. I think it's so awesome. Bringing online. And what I really like is seeing how these really do fit together, like jigsaw pieces where we we can look at a particular problem. Like, you know, right now I'm looking at the problem of just, cultural fragmentation and uh, inauthenticity in social media and, um, you know, disembodiment and dehumanization that we're seeing, you know, there's actually studies coming out showing that college students today are 40% less empathetic 
than students were even, you know, 20 years ago, which is, which is insane to me, right? I mean, what is this, this machine of social media? What is it actually doing to us unconsciously? Um, And what I'm excited for is the opportunity for, you know, we here in integral land to assemble a number of voices who can speak to issues like this, from their own sort of, you know, areas of expertise and spheres of influence. So we've got you here to help us with embodiment, with, with inhabiting ourselves and our lives and our, Mm. you know, our, our purpose and all of that. Mm. Um, We've got Bina Sharma. She's going to be doing a show with us soon where we're going to be exploring polarity management Mm. and what happens when any polarity becomes sort of pathologically cut off from its other pole, uh, Mm. which is, (laughs) kind of directly relevant to a lot of the shit we're going through today. We have mm-hmm. Diane Hamilton, who's going to be coming online to uh, help us explore really challenging uh, culture, cultural issues and sort of these cultural fault lines and how to cultivate um, more skillful means and more skillful methods of communication in order to start bridging these divides. So I'm again, I'm really seeing, and then of course, Ken Wilber giving us sort of just yeah. a framework to hold it all and Keith Witt applying this to relationships and psychological health. And I'm just, mm. I'm, I'm really getting turned on by how yeah. you know, just sort of in a way holistic this all feels without, you know, we're not, every yes. one of you, every one of our sort of, you know, our, our, our contributors here has a different piece of the territory yes. that we need to inhabit. Yes, um, and I love that it's 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 kind of starting to, to to come together, and I'm beginning to see, you know, the image um, behind it all, which is. I cool. I was so excited to see that the the shows with the Bina and um, Diane being added to the to the mix, and I think that's so wonderful. And I think also in terms of when I was saying like slowing down and being curious and patient, and you know, trying to really be engaged in an embodied way mm. or inhabiting like having shows dedicated to part some of the pieces one piece at a time that's really really helpful right because if we're trying to take it in all at once you know it's no doubt like even if we're wanting to go beyond like say concepts you know that it's going to be too hard we're just going to like it's too much yeah but if we can break them down into um tighter focus points you know and that it's done in a really engaged way, man, it's awesome. So I'm excited. I'm so happy that uh, those shows are coming online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you, brother. I'm excited to have um, your expertise here. I'm excited that we get to do something with this awesome friendship. Uh, yeah, likewise. I have, have carved out together. Um, I think that we're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun in this space. And um, you know, I'm thinking maybe before we sort of close up, unless there's any other pieces you want to get to, um, one idea I had, Ryan, was maybe uh, we could offer a sort of a first-person practice, yeah, uh, and a second-person practice. I've got I've got a nice thing we were talking earlier about a new platform that Interval Life is bringing online for um for a you know a nice embodied second-person practice, which we can get to in a little bit. Hmm. Um, but I was thinking maybe you could lead us on you know just sort of a, a foundational exercise, um, the sort of exercise that we'll be building on. Um, in, yeah. Um, that would be great. And so what we'll do today, and I think, let's see, uh, the other chat we did, I led us on a little meditation that was sort of like a starter. And so I'm going to emphasize doing very simple increments. And so in one sense, there could be a feeling of like, let's do more. Isn't there more? But I'm really wanting to invite people to just slow down and really feel even just a couple simple steps and make that very familiar And then on that foundation, we can add another little step and we can add another little dimension and get a more full inhabiting foundational practice. So today, um, I think what I want to do is simply a little practice of arriving. So it's, it's the first step of a practice, you know, it's almost a precursor, but it's very good to do. So to start wherever you're at, um, Just get situated in a position that feels that you're relaxed yet attentive. And um, ideally, I'd do the sitting if you can, but if you can, if you can only do it lying down, that's fine. Um, I think sitting is a little better than standing for this. You can relax a little bit more. Uh, So take a moment to notice your breathing.
And now notice your surroundings visually. Really take in where you're sitting. And do this almost like you have a camera in front of you that you're panning around the room. You're not trying to find anything. You're not trying to analyze anything. You're just observing. And thoughts can arise and stories might arise as you look at things, but just come back to the more of a naked scene. Let your eyes be soft. This is letting you have the experience that you're right here, wherever you're at in this physical environment, however it is. And now take in the sounds of the environment. And again, similarly, as if you're just holding a microphone, taking in sounds, you may be hearing pleasant things or things that bother you and things you don't even really care about. But just listen. Right now I hear my air conditioning running and now it stopped. So these little sounds in our environment. And again, this helps us to feel right here, right where we are in this moment. And you can also notice anything like temperature, physical sensations of the environment. Might be hot, might be cold, humid. Now take a couple of slow breaths, bringing your inhale to the center of your body. And letting your exhale release wherever it needs to go. And now notice your body and allow yourself to shift however it feels you need to, however your body wants to move. A lot of times in meditation, we feel that we have to come to a very still posture. But now that you've been arriving, you may find you need to move a little bit. Adjust in your seat, move your neck, shoulders, allowing yourself to really be present to your body. And let yourself become even more relaxed and present where you are. And again, take a couple of slow breaths. And now let your breathing be however it is. So you don't need to control your breath in any way. Might be long or short, deep or shallow, slow or quick.
Now feel your feet touching the floor. If you're seated, you'll feel your soles of your feet touching the floor, making contact. If you're seated cross-legged, you might just be feeling the tops of your feet and toes touch the floor, but really feel the contact your feet are making with the floor. You can even feel like there's no separation between your feet and the floor. Now notice the contact your sits bones and your legs are making with whatever you're seated on. And if your body is making contact with the floor, a chair, anything else, notice all the contact points your body is making with whatever is supporting you. notice through breathing, in particular, your breathing on the outside of your body. For example, how your skin moves against your clothes as you inhale, as you expand and contract in your stomach and chest. Now, shift your attention to your breathing inside of your body, how the breath moves inside your body. Breath moving through your nose and to your back of your throat. The inside of your lungs expanding. Inside of your abdomen expanding and contracting. Notice what it's like to shift from observing and experiencing your breath on the outside of your body to now inside your body. And now let go of focusing your attention in any way and just rest as you are for a moment. 
And finally, once again, taking your environment, visually looking around. You might even notice to see, does seeing itself feel any different now or the same? Same thing with hearing. Okay, I didn't have my bell here to ring. I'll remember the next time. So, with this practice, um, I mean, we actually did it for, I don't know how long, it was 10 minutes maybe. Um, so, you know, that's for some people, that's a good amount of practice if you're a beginner. In other ways, what we did here could be done in a shorter time period, could be five minutes. Um, and to start, and proceed another practice you're doing. Um, in particular, for things we'll talk about, it would we would definitely be going further with that. But what's great about this in terms of inhabiting is what we did is we first inhabited the environment we're in. We're already seated here. So rather than just saying like, we're hopping on the cushion and get right to it. No, slow down. Let's just experience what we're experiencing already without any expectations. We might not like what we're seeing or hearing or the environment, but this is where we are. So this allows a little bit of a transition from what we consider life and practice. So we, we find our way into the practice this way. And we even did that with the body to inhabit the body, to notice contact points first, breathing on the outside, and then finally coming inward. And to really notice what that feels like in that whole process to inhabit. And then to reverse that, you know, to, not just hop up from practice, that, okay, let's transition and infuse, or at least allow the possibility of infusing um, our experience outside of practice with what we've done in the practice. So again, super, super simple. And on the surface, you know, you could just blow past any of this. But I really invite people to slow down and to appreciate that. And matter of fact, what we just did there could be turned into very advanced practices, you know, in terms of like so Jin Mahamudra kind of practices, you know. Uh, and so some of that might not be easy. You know, you're looking around and you're like, oh, you know, I'm bothered by everything. And gosh, I want to be not bothered by what I'm seeing, hearing, and that's a problem. Or I'm really distracted. How do I get less distracted? That's very natural. But I think it's very good to include this as a practice um, or this kind of approach. This really sets a foundation. Um, so do we have people, I don't remember if we, I don't know if we have very many people actually live because we just started the show, but I remember we have, there's a possibility of any questions. Um, so if there's not anybody on there, if Corey, if you have any imagined questions or questions yourself, I could respond to that. And if not, we can just end. That's fine. Yeah. Well, um, today, so Ryan, as you mentioned, well, first off, thank you for um, an exquisite practice. Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of reflect on that for a second before getting sure. to are, um, you know, it feels really important to me uh, that you're really focusing on these sort of micro movements of yes. awareness. Yep. Um, because, you know, our nervous systems in today's world are so overstimulated, so overwhelmed. We're processing so much data, mental data, physical data, emotional data. I mean, yes. all of this. We're buffeted by just wave after wave of mm. sensation that we can get lost in the sensation. We can actually, you know, to the point where sort of inhabiting our own bodies can feel as it did for a very long time with me, it can feel like you're learning a foreign language in a certain yes. way. And I think that, that by really, as you say, slowing down and focusing on these just really, really small movements, noticing the difference between focusing on your breathing from the perspective of the outside of your body versus the inside of your body and just slowly making that transition, it, it, it gives us a new language in a certain kind of way. And it yes. sort of carves out our awareness and carves out our, our ability to respond to even the smallest sensations. Yes. 
um, with with more precision and more care and more yep. skill. And I think yep. that that's really um, critical. And I think it was it was beautifully delivered. Um, yeah, and you know, just to make a point here that. It could be assumed. I think it's assumed. There's a lot of assumptions made in um, practices like meditation, where then people start transferring uh, what's done in practice to how you should be in the world, and that's not true. Practice is practice. So here, but this doesn't mean we need to be always slowed down in the world. It doesn't mean that we don't. We're not quick and responsive, and you know, more lively. It's just that for the purpose of what we're talking about, it's going to be helpful to slow down. Much like earlier when we were talking about how I go to the gym, there are certain things I want to do. Like if you want to be able to do a pull-up, right? You might slow down certain other movements before you get to do that, or that if you can do these other things, it's going to make life a lot easier to then actually do this pull-up, which is much more robust. So here, you, I think you described it beautifully of why we're slowing down. So, yeah. 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 Um, as for your question about uh, back and forth and Q&As and all that, yeah, yes. so... That is something that we very much want to bake into this show. We want to talk to you guys. We want you guys to come along with us for these practices and these experiences and these discussions and give us your feedback and ask questions and all of that. So um, today, I don't think we're going to have any questions. This is our inaugural sort of episode. So we're just kind of laying the foundation. Uh, but as we move forward, um, we invite all of you, if you're watching on in integrallife.com slash live, there's a link right underneath the, um, the video where, which will bring you into the Zoom app and that'll allow you to interact with us and we can turn on your camera and you can ask questions in real time or you could submit them in writing or whatever. So we'll start doing that uh, beginning with our next episode. Um, cool. Another sort of second person practice that I wanted to suggest for people is, um, you know, look, let me just start by saying, uh, again, so <laughs> social media is overwhelming. And I think that one of the things that makes people, um, you know, just sort of wears people down after a while is just how much um, negativity and sometimes even hatred mm. uh, is, is circulating on the internet. And, you know, oftentimes moving so fast, right? I mean, this stuff just just gets out there and it um, creates more fragmentation. It creates more social isolation, which is one of the biggest mental health issues of our time mm -hmm. um, is, is social isolation that in many ways is caused by the internet. Um, and so Integral Life wanted to do something about this problem. So um, what we've done uh, within the Integral Ventures Network is we've actually uh, are in the process of launching a new platform. That's called Mirror. And you can find this platform at uh, www.inamirror.com. And this thing is really cool. Uh, what it allows you to do is basically to make someone's day, right? R completely randomly. It invites you to enter someone's email address and basically write a really kind and loving message uh, to that person that makes them feel seen. It makes them feel like um, you know their 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 best qualities um, are seen, and it's it's actually really cool. So when you get to the site, you drop in an email address, and then it prompts you. It basically just asks you three very simple questions. Uh, the first is, "What does this person mean to you?" The second is, "What do you think makes this person so special?" And third is, "What do you think their unique contribution to the world could be?" And man, I tell you, it's 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 wonderful. It's it's beautiful to both receive a message from someone. Ryan sent me a message yesterday and I'm not going to lie. I, my heart was glowing, you know, still is um, 24 hours later. It was, it just, it feels so good to read these things and to read what other people think of you. And the only thing that might feel better than that is actually creating a mirror for someone else and letting someone else know how you feel about them. Mm. It's so rewarding. It's so gratifying. And it's such a wonderful opportunity to practice embodied relating right to yes. really inhabit this space between us this space that that connects us and binds us you know i was talking to ken in our last episode last episode of the ken show um and i used you know an expression which was we live in a universe where everything is moving away from everything else it's an expanding universe mm -hmm. and the only thing that that 
evolution can do to try to adapt to this expanding universe where everything is moving away from each other is to use things like love and community and connection and spirituality and things like that in order to, 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 to cross those gaps. And I think mirror is a wonderful opportunity for people to do that. So my suggestion would be even revisit the practice that Ryan just led us on that beautiful, rich first person experience of these micro movements of awareness. And then from that space, yes. log into inamirror.com and send someone a profile, let someone know how much they mean to you, what you see in them, um, and it'll, it'll make you feel good. It'll make them feel good. And it'll make the universe a little bit of a brighter place. And in fact, there's a tagline on in a mirror that I just, I really love. The guys did such a good job um, selecting the tagline. It just, it just reads smile. Love is winning. And I read yeah. that and I, I just automatically, there's an interior smile. I just, you know, I respond to it and I think it's, I... Um, it's, it's really lovely. And I encourage all of you guys to check it out. I love it. And uh, Corey, you know, a few things you, you mentioned uh, taking what we just did today in the practice I led and doing this from that space, that is exemplary of what we're going to be trying to do here. It's that this is not just simply for ourselves and in a practice and like in this box. No, it's like, what does it feel like then to write that, write something after you sit like this, mm. you know, and that's so awesome. And I did this uh, yesterday, you know, Corey wrote me a beautiful thing that really made my day too. It was just so nice. I was like, oh, thanks. It, it lifted my spirits, you know, gave me confidence and, and creativity. And then I, of course, I wanted to do that back. And what I love about this uh, site is there's no quid pro quo about it at all in any there's, there's no other thing happening there. It's really quite interesting these days to see something like that because usually there's some other, it's part of something else that's trying to do something else. You know, uh, you, know you might see it with like, um, like maybe testimonials for work and then it's part of a work site to find jobs. And you know, there's like, give me a testimonial, I'll give you a testimonial and whatever. And this is just, no, I just want to let you know what you mean to me. And it provides a nice structure to it. And, that simplicity is really beautiful. And um, I was really, I think it's wonderful. I don't know. And all the reasons you said about what the world is like today, um, you don't see this very much. And actually I find a lot in social media that if I try to bring conversations towards something that brings us together, especially in politics, for example, where there's so many, so many things that are really terrifying legitimately terrifying, scary, and also divisive people. Sometimes I want to hear that. It's just like, no, I'm going to stick to the freaking out. Like somehow loving one another for a moment or finding something that is also beautiful about our existence would, would be horrible. But this one here, it's just so out of that context. It's not part of anything else. It just says, hey, is there somebody who means something to you? Let them know. Yeah, just pure gratitude. Yep. And it's hard to, it, like when I just saw it, I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Mm. how nice. Mm. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to second that in, in terms of my experience of using it. Well, thank you for that, for that, Ryan. And it was funny, as soon as you said, um, you know, politics can be terrifying. As soon as you said that, it thundered outside. It was yeah. really cool. <laughs> and, um, That's awesome. But yeah, the platform, I mean, what I really like about the platform is it is, I mean, as you say, when you go into Facebook, there's a certain kind of ethos there. There's a certain kind of way of being. And, you know, as we've talked about, it's very disembodied and often dehumanizing, yep. which means there's a lot of snark and irony and cynicism, yes. apathy, and, you know, yep. all of this to the point where oftentimes when you feel, you know, when you try to be authentic, um, people can undercut you. I mean, you can actually, you know, be, be sort of made fun of because you're trying yeah. to be authentic in a platform like like Facebook. Yeah. What's cool about Mirror is that it is, it's fully a post-ironic platform. Yeah, right. it felt that way. Yeah. It felt that way to me. It felt very, very sincere. It almost took me by surprise a, minute, a little bit because when if you look at the site, it's very simple. There's not a bunch of flashy things going on. And for a moment, I'm like, what's the catch? You know, like, oh, that's the thing. But no, it's just very, very simple. It doesn't have any of that stuff that you mentioned there. And right. um, I, I think it's a great practice. It's, again, it's a practice of gratitude, which is one of my favorite practices, actually. Sure. So I'm so grateful you uh, brought that up as yeah. a practice for people. Well, I'm grateful for you, Ryan, man. Um, Likewise. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Thank this you. This was fun. Yeah, this this was this was I think a pretty cool uh, first episode. I hope it's uh, helpful in some way to people who are listening, and uh, we would love to hear um, if what was meaningful. And yeah. if you want to hear us talk about some things in particular, love questions. So in terms of being something that's organic and and in that spirit of inhabiting, that's why I personally love questions and, and interactions is because then it's not simply theoretical, it's responsive. So please leave some comments if you follow us on Facebook or wherever you can do that. That's we right. Yeah. So, so there'll be comments. Uh, we're going to put this video on integral life. There'll be comments right underneath, oh, probably put it on Facebook and YouTube and all that. So, you know, you could you have an opportunity on those platforms to let us know what you think as well. Um, if you have any questions, 